Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find the full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Hi there, Baylin Leonard here, and it's time again for another episode of the Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. I love doing this podcast because... Uh, it's great to just sit down with these artists and not worry about the time so much. You know, sometimes on the radio, uh, you have a specific time that you got to fit everything into. Well, we just stretch out here, uh, and you get the full unedited interviews that I do with some of the biggest stars in country music. So on the radio, as I said, there's never enough time to fit everything in, but you get it all right here. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Country Music Talk podcast, where we're going to be talking to country native Uh, A man whose debut single, My Boy, rocketed to number one in the U.S. And it gave him the opportunity to perform on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry. I'm talking about L.V. Shane. This is the Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. It's Absolute Radio Country. I'm Balin. I'm excited because we have a guest in the studio today that we met on Zoom, like so many of us did during COVID, but never in the flesh. Welcome, LV Shane. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just hanging out, you know. Same, just same. Just having a little here. chat with, with you. Is this the first time you've been over to the UK? Man, actually, this, this would have been the first time. Uh-oh. But I promised my wife many years ago that I would never come over here for the first time without her. So a okay. month ago... I uh, I flew my wife over for her first five days without the baby and uh, just visited the city for a few days. Well, I've seen on your socials, you've been lapping it up. You've been doing uh, all the things that people need to do when they come to the UK. You've been to Harry Potter World. Yeah, we went to Harry Potter. That was pretty sick. She's a big Harry Potter fan. I didn't realize how big of a fan I was until I got there and knew like what everything was. (laughs) 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 It turns Uh, out you're a super fan. Yeah, man. It it was really, it was really cool to to see that, to see like the Great Hall and stuff where they have the the dinner and the Mm. movies and and everything. But man, I think the coolest thing we did it was the very first day i was like how can we go see the city and like see places that we would like to revisit yeah so i found this thing called a uh, uh, bustronome and it's it's a bus with a like a terrace up top right yeah. windows all the way around the bottom is a kitchen and they just they drive around the city uh, you- and they cook you like a, a four course meal and so you get to see the whole city and i was like well that seems like so that's the first thing we did when we came into town. That feels like it could be fraught with disaster if you're wearing a white shirt and you hit a speed bump. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't wear white, I don't think. I can't remember what color I wore, but thinking about that now, it never crossed my mind. How was the food? <laughs> man, the food was great. Yeah? Like, the whole experience was great. So I was in Kentucky uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and what, I mean, a beautiful state. I've been quite a few yeah. times, but um, musically, what a legacy that state has. You know, Loretta Lynn, the Judds, Chris Stapleton, Tyler Childers, uh, Sturgill Simpson, Carly Pierce, L.V. Shane. I mean, you just grow up with it in your blood. Yeah, man, I'm proud of the music that comes out of Kentucky, especially in my generation. I don't know what it's like these days growing up in Kentucky and what the the music is like, you know, coming at you as a as a kid. But I remember I grew up just down the road from a place called Rosine, which is where like Bill Monroe and all yes, those guys used I've been to there. sit out and, and pick on the yeah. porch. So if you went to Owensboro, you you were fairly close. I went yeah. to Bill Monroe's birthplace. Okay, to his house. So I'm from a little town called Caneyville, which is just right down the road from there. Right. But I remember uh, going a, a couple times to this place called Rosine and just watching bluegrass pick. 
so growing up around that, but also like you're pretty heavily immersed in in traditional gospel hymns and, yeah. and stuff. Or, or I was, you know, there was there were some modern religions and churches in my area, but not a lot. It was mostly just old fashioned Baptist, you know, churches and good stuff. old so, Southern Baptist. So you grew up in the church? Yeah, I did. I grew up. Uh, I grew up in a uh, missionary Baptist church. So, okay. uh, which my family loved to sing, and some of them shouldn't have loved to sing, but, <laughs> right. but they did. But anyway. the spirit moved yeah, them, the so let it go, moved, baby. And, uh, <laughs> so I grew up in that, and like it's funny looking back. I used to, they used to kind of get on to me for the for my style of singing in church, but I, I loved to sing hymns, and I would like I, I kind of like I don't know I, I sing I sing with a little bit of passion. I, I scream in key. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they would get on to me for it, but now that's the thing that like some people like compliment me. That's on your thing these, now. Yeah, it's my thing these days. But so you grow up with all that, but then I'm also you know I'm riding around with my dad. When I'm seven, eight years old, smoking his cigarettes, listening to you know Steve Earle and John Fogarty and and stuff like that, and I'm riding around with mom, listening to nineties country, and she was a she was a big fan of like R and B and and country music. She loved Boys to Men. You sure, know? who you didn't? Know? Come on, dad. Dad was more of like classic rock, southern rock stuff, and uh, so that explains your style, then, doesn't it? Really, I think so. yeah, I think it's just because like you've got a all those elements in there in what you do. You know, you got the Kentucky and that kind of, you know, there's soul and gospel kind of underpinning what you do, and then the traditional stuff, and then the '90s stuff, the classic rock stuff. I mean, it all kind of come together and made Elvie Shane, I guess. I definitely try to make sure that that a little bit of everything makes its way in there. You know, even even to the point of a little hip-hop here and there. I think, like, sure. the, the most hip-hop that we got out of the first record might have been Sundays in the South with the, the melodies of the verses there. But, you know, I grew up listening to to a lot of Eminem, too, a lot of T.I. I try to just make sure that I, I tip my hat to to my influences. You know, there's a, there's a whole, like, minute-and-a-half-long intro in, in Miles that's a tip of the hat to... Uh, Mac Miller, R.I.P. Mm. But uh, so yeah, that whole first record is is was just a big you know tip of the hat to some influences, many influences. Absolutely, Radio Country. I'm Baylin Leonard. Our <laughs> guest today, Elvie Shane. Uh, so this song that you've done with Tennille Towns, we had her in recently. We love Tennille Towns. Um, Nothing lasts forever. So how did that collaboration come about? Did you know Tennille before that? I didn't, man. I creeped around, got her, uh, got her cell phone number, and just shot her a text. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Is Tenille's that how it works? Voice. I, I, it did this time, nice. man. I, I got ghosted by a few other people. Okay. Um, you're seeing a, a a pretty cool movement right now with with a lot of female artists that are just their heads are really popping up, mm. and and. Tennille was just super kind and reached back out. There was a couple that, like, they just had so much going on at the time. They they couldn't do it, but Tennille reached back out, you know, really quick. She she told me later on that she just messaged her uh, her manager or something. It was like, is this L.V. Shane? Who is this texting me, you know? Found out <laughs> oh, surely you me. signed it. Yeah, I was like, hey, it's L.V., you know. I, Are you I just, just like, smiley face? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember exactly what. I could probably look it up, but I was like, yo, I, I would love to have you on here. And uh, she agreed. So literally, the first time I met her was when she walked in the studio to to sing the, on the song with me. And uh, she was like an old friend, you know. Mm. And and since then, it's just every time I've seen her, she's she came and played my show in Nashville with me, my headliner show, first sold out show ever. That was sick. And then uh, then she she did Opry with me as well. She came out and sang "Nothing Lasts Forever" at the Opry with me. Oh, so. let's talk about the Opry because that's kind Dude. of like a a a touch point, a pinnacle, a you know bucket list thing for mm-hmm. any country artist to to play the Grand Ole Opry. Um, what was it like when you got that invitation? Oh man, um, 
it sounds cliche probably, but I don't really know how to describe getting the invitation other than, you know, it's, it's just, it's dope. And, uh, I, I literally got this tattoo on my hand after my first Opry experience, which everybody thinks that this tattoo just says fast, slow, because I didn't really think the, uh, design through, but if this don't work out, I can direct traffic like a motherfucker. Right? <laughs> on your knuckles. Right, yeah. So, but it, it's live fast walk slow and basically that just to me means take chances and, and take it in but walk slow Clarence Balding who is uh, over the management company I'm with uh, was at the Opry f uh, for my first time and, and dude I bet I went to the bathroom like 17 times in 45 minutes mm -hmm. before I went on stage it's the last time I truly remember being nervous before going on stage and finally he just walked up to me right before I was about to go out and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said walk slow and for some reason, man, that just that that mm. stuck with me. I was like, all right, walk slow. I'm gonna just take this in. You look at this circle on the floor, and you see how wore out it is, and the scuff marks, and the grooves in the wood, and and you're like, man, you realize the only way that that wood got that way was from ninety, I think ninety five years or mm. something like that, of just boots being on it and shoes and just wearing it wearing it out. Uh, from moving around and, and playing music and feeling the music. So mm -hmm. that was sick. The best part, I think, for me was my wife took up four months. I, uh, I asked her if she could float us for like four months until I could try to figure out how to make a little bit of money doing something with music. And she she took on that task and she ran her credit cards up, every, anything she had to do to pay the bills for four months. And it, it all worked out. But uh, I didn't step in the circle for the first time until they went and got her out of the uh, she was doing makeup and they had to bring her out there so I got to step in the circle for the first time with the person who was I feel like responsible for getting me in it in the first place and my daughter was in in my wife's stomach at that time so it's like she got to she got to be in an Opry circle before she even came into the world so that that was a pretty sick moment for me yeah what a beautiful moment that yeah, is yeah man i really enjoyed let's that. talk about that three minutes that changed your life you know my boy that one song that connects with people so what was your life like before my boy and your life like post my boy and did you know that it was going to change your life when you finished that song Man, I didn't know it was going to change my life. For the longest time, I didn't even think I was going to be the one to put that song out. I was just writing songs. I would love to have been an artist, but my main focus uh, for a long time was just try to write the best song I could every day and hope somebody would, would cut it and make me a bunch of money or something. You know, I didn't yeah. know, but uh, I also, like, I just wanted to write stuff that was honest to me. And uh, that song came from a Facebook post. A friend of mine's stepmom sent me it, said... I don't have a stepson, I have a son that was born before I met him. And I thought that was really cool, and I was sharing it with a few friends of mine. There's three other guys, Russell, Sutton, Nick Columbia, Lee Starr, these three other guys that were in my shoes. You know, we were just fairly new to town. And we wrote that, and then the next day, Russell walks up to me in his, like, flame fleece pajama pants, no shirt on, playing his guitar, cigarette hanging out of his <laughs> lip. And he's like, Elvie, I don't think we know what we did last night. And I was like, oh, maybe... And we played that song for like five years, just everywhere we went, just hoping it would latch on, knowing it made me feel something, hearing people's stories every time we play it. I tried to uh, fight putting that song out first a little bit at first. But Why? I, I don't know, man. You're too personal? I, I was afraid that people wouldn't understand or, or think that like I was 
posing as something that I'm not because right. because that is such a, a soft and you know and, and tender song. But the, the way I grew up and the way I live my life maybe doesn't always reflect that that kind of tenderness all the you. time. You know, so I was worried about that, but then I realized it's like man. I seen this one video that that really changed my perspective after we had went through the process and the song came out and everything. There was this guy, uh, looked like maybe an old school L.A. gangster, tattoos on his face, everything, maybe some gang tattoos and stuff. And uh, but there's this little boy and, and this guy in this video, and this dude is just sobbing, listening to this song. Man, it's, it just gets me a little bit. But uh, I was like, man, it, it doesn't matter. Like that, I think that's what I've realized is so beautiful about that song is the the boundaries that it, that it crosses. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter like what what history you have, what kind of life you live, what what you do outside of your home or every day or anything is like the fact of the matter is is when people love their their children, man. There's just like they love their children, and, and that that can be anyone from any walk of life. So I, now I'm I'm very proud that 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 song was the first song that we we did anything with and uh i'm glad that it touched so many people and it's changed my life in the way that it has yeah and i would imagine opened up so many opportunities so many well. opportunities like pretty much everything we've talked about i suppose kind of yeah it's the reason i'm that. sitting here with you today you know yeah you know, i mean truly that one song is they they say it it takes a song and, and that's the song now that you got a taste for the uk and you know you've done you've done the tourist thing you've done some shows so uh you're going to keep coming back I would love to come over here and spend like a month or two a year if I if I could. There's not a song I've sang that the crowd hasn't sang back to me. And that doesn't happen everywhere you go in the States. Yeah, UK audiences dig deep. Man, it's it's really incredible. And uh, you found that in every city, right? Because, every single yeah. place from Manchester to Glasgow to Bush Hall in London, they sang everywhere. I don't know, like I said, I don't know if we're in the beginning of something, if there's like a movement going on over the last few years. It yeah, seems there like is. there is. Yeah, you know? there definitely is, yeah. And... uh I think there's a lot of opportunities by by the looks of it for for people like myself and uh, artists in the in the country world to come over here and and capitalize on some fans that really appreciate it. And is it because it's like so a foreign lifestyle? What is it that's so intriguing? Uh, well, there's a little bit of that. I mean, some some people like the the lifestyle element of it, but you know, let, let's not forget that country music really the base of it it came from. The, the folk music of mm-hmm. Ireland and Wales and Scotland and England. And, yeah, you which know, came over to America. Yeah, yeah which obviously. became this American art form of country music. But, you know, it rooted very much in, in these islands as well. So I think the world that we're living in, it's quite nice to know that something has a heart to it and something can tell a story. And I think also people are realizing that today's country music isn't the country music that they may have heard you know, on their auntie's record player that they didn't like. Yeah, so back they, in the they day. kind of dissed it for years, not really seeing the transitions. Yeah, because I think there's so many. You know, whenever if people say they don't like country music, I always say, well, what kind of country music don't you like? Yeah, you know, like because so it's, it's kind of like saying you don't like rock. Well, what type of rock? There's so much yeah. in there, and I think that now with the way that we listen to and consume music. You know, you can you can listen to something and not even know it's country. You don't have to go to the record store and go to the country aisle. So I think that it's opened up a lot of people's ears to what country can be. I feel like maybe like with country these days, it's just like the the content that's covered. I don't think that means that we're talking about beer on tailgates and all that stuff. Like that all has its place, and yeah. I, I have those songs too. But also like uh, I think country needs to you know maybe not be looked at as much as like 
pine trees, tailgates, and beer, and maybe more as country music, like like our country. And I think maybe that's what what is intriguing over here is like that lifestyle because the cultures are, are different. Mm-hmm. And we have access to so many different lifestyles and cultures within our country in, in America. And I think if we start applying it that way, like let me hear let me hear stories about growing up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. what that was like. Stories about growing up in Ohio. Stories about growing up in California. And maybe that's what you know those those universal experiences within those different pictures painted yeah is what country music is kind of moving to and that's why you're hearing so many different sounds and also different that. people who finally are finding a platform mm-hmm. for their voice yeah i think i think there's there's a open table for a lot more artists and a lot more stories from different areas within America and and outside music. of it. I mean, we have plenty yeah. of UK country artists yeah. as well. I would love to be introduced to some UK country artists. I want to like I want to hear how it's trickling over over here and being applied to the lifestyles and like growing up over here and the stories being. Told I'll make you a well. playlist. I would love it. Elvis <laughs> Shane, thank you so much thank for coming you, in to see us. You come back next time. I will. All right, we'll see you then. Elvis Shane. Sick. The Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. An in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music. Elvis Shane on the Country Music Talk podcast. So great to have him on the show. One of Kentucky's finest. Following in a long line of incredible country artists from that state. Uh, Loretta Lynn, the Judds, Chris Stapleton, Sturgill Simpson, on and on. Remember, if you are liking this podcast and the interview with LV, then make sure you're subscribed. That way you won't miss a single episode. And if you really like it, uh, give us a five-star rating. It helps other country fans find out what we're doing. And remember, we're always here for you on the radio in the UK. Just tell your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. Right, that's it for this week, but we'll see you for the next one. In the meantime... Keep it country. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. It's the place where real music matters, and we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK, or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. 